Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Maybe about 20 years ago, Saturday Night Live had a skit called The Church Lady. And it was Dana Carvey dressing as a lady. In this case, it was a church lady who knew her religion like the back of her hand. And so she knew the Bible and she knew scripture quotes. And yet she didn't use this to help people. Just the opposite. She used it as a weapon to judge people on how they were not living the moral life and to mock them. Now, some skits were funny and some were not very funny at all. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because both the first reading from Malachi and especially the gospel talk about or highlight you know, people doing the same thing. In this case, it's the religious establishment. And Jesus addresses that in the gospel. And so does Malachi in that first reading. Now, this happened 2,000 years ago, and yet it continues to happen in our day and age. Now, notice how the gospel begins. Jesus says, the scribes and the Pharisees, they preach, but they don't practice. They level heavy burdens on people's shoulders, but do not help them at all. Well, in the hands of some people, religion can be an instrument of judgment in which the person feels a sense of moral superiority over others because they are devout in their faith. Worse yet, religion can be used as a weapon against people. Now, what's the temptation? Well, Jesus addresses it at the very beginning of the gospel. He says, people, the Pharisees, they lay the moral law on people as a way of making it burdensome and even a weapon and they don't help them. Now, if you are a religious person, you are very devout, you know your faith, what's the, one of the temptations that you have? To use it as an instrument of aggression against those people that maybe don't practice their faith. I'll give you a great example. I say to myself, I know my faith. I practice it every day. Therefore, I'm in a right relationship with my church as well as with God. I go to Mass every Sunday. I pray every day. I go to confession once a month. I engage a life of stewardship. I am living out my religion. Then I go to a person and I say, you know, you're not doing any of those things. You know, you are not in a right relationship with God or the church. Well, now I'm using my religion as a weapon against that person. Worse yet, I'm telling that person that they are morally inferior to me. Or I go up to a person and I say to them, you know, I know your lifestyle and I know you are not in good standing with the church. Well, what am I saying in doing this? Exactly what Jesus is criticizing. 
When Jesus says, they lay heavy burdens upon others. Well, what we have to understand is part of the spiritual life is bearing the burdens of others. The whole spiritual and moral life is about just that, helping other people, especially if they're having difficulty you know, in the spiritual or the moral life. Now, we can say, I know this person is not living up to the spiritual and the moral life. Now, we can critique them. And if we are going to do that, then we have to be able to help that person. We have to be willing to bear that person's burden so that they can change and change for the better. Otherwise, if we're not willing to help that person, then that critique of that person is one in which we're standing in judgment of them. Give you a great example of this. I attended one of the largest seminaries in the United States. Now, this seminary had a reputation for gossiping. Here's why. At the time that I was attending, we had over 200 guys studying there. And the faculty was another 30 to 35 guys, all there. So you have almost 250 guys living together in the same area. And so we ate together, we prayed together, we went to mass together, we went to class together, we studied together. Well, after a while, it's eventually going to happen. We're going to start getting on each other's nerves. And we did. And so I'll never forget, it was pretty much during the middle of the academic year when the gossiping and the backbiting reached its pinnacle. And it was just terrible. Well, one day at one of the classes that we taught, it was taught by a very devout priest, an extinguished professor. He was well-respected within the entire community. He stopped the lecture about five minutes early, which was very unusual for him because he would always stop at the very end of the time period. And he put everything down and he said, I want to address a serious problem that we have right now in our community. And he said, that is gossiping. And he said, that's got to stop. And it's going to stop right here, right now with you guys. He said, gossiping is one of the worst things you could do. Thomas Aquinas said, gossiping essentially is breaking the fifth commandment. Because when you gossip, essentially you kill the person's good name. And he says, I am not going to tolerate that anymore. I am sick and tired of it. And he said to us, he said, if you want to criticize a person openly, go ahead and do it. But if you do it, then you better be able to help that person. Whatever the issue it is, whatever the challenge that person is struggling with, if you're going to talk about him, you better be able to bear his burden and help that person change and change for the better. And if you're not going to help that person, then you keep your mouth shut. And that's it. He walked out of the classroom, and that was the end of the class. And I'll tell you something. He hit us, all of us in that room, right between the eyes. When we left that classroom, we felt that we were slapped across the face with a cold, wet washcloth. And yet, it was something we needed to hurt. It was a tough message, 
And yet, it was something we had to hear in order for us to change. And we did. Many of us changed. And we will look upon that moment, you know, for a lifetime. It was a life-changing moment. In fact, I remember it like it happened yesterday. And yet, I thank God that that professor did that for us because it changed my life and it did it for the better. And I think Jesus is trying to warn the apostles and us of this ourselves. And he's pointing that out in the gospel for today. Now, I think what really frustrates Jesus is the fact that the religious establishment of his time is doing these things. They ought to know better. Now, another critique or a warning that Jesus is giving us about these things. He says, All their works are performed to be seen, and they widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. Well, what are phylacteries? Well, it's a common practice among Jews, especially Orthodox Jews, even today. They wrap strips of cloth around their left arm, and on those strips of cloth are written scripture passages. Now, the idea is really beautiful. You're wrapping yourself in the word of God. And yet, what is Jesus complaining about? Well, they widen those phylacteries. Essentially, a normal phylactery is maybe a half an inch wide. Well, what these Pharisees are doing is they're making it twice as, if not three times as wide. And so, these external signs of piety now can be readily seen so that other people might admire them. What are they really doing? Well, we would say they're showing off. Now, here's potentially another problem or a temptation that people use religion to draw attention to themselves and their ego. We have to remember one of the main purposes of religion, especially our religion, is to free us from our ego so that now we're free from essentially fussing about ourselves, free now to pursue and live out a relationship with God. What is sin? Well, sin is the person that is obsessed with himself and their ego. The great example is Adam in the garden. Adam becomes so obsessed with himself, he is convinced he has to be a god. And therefore, in that act of reaching for that forbidden fruit, he thinks he can be God. And yet, what does he do? He ushers in original sin and severs his relationship with God. Well, religion's purpose is to get us out of our ego or off of our essentially obsessing about ourselves, to free us from that. Religion is never practiced so as to say, hey, look, everyone, look at me. See how pious and holy I am. See, when that happens, we catch ourselves, you could say, in the prison of our own ego. We're locked in on ourselves. Therefore, our whole life is all about me. We're constantly preoccupied and fussing about ourselves. Well, religion was never meant to be used to attract attention to our own self or our own piety. Another warning that Jesus gives us, They love places of honor and seats of honor. Titles, honor, status. Well, titles are good in of themselves. They're meant to signal 
our role in an organization, but they're also meant to signal the quality of our service to that organization. What's the danger of titles? They become like a drug. There's a rush attached to a title if we enjoy honor. If we get a title and respect immediately comes with us, we get a rush out of that. Well, if we allow that honor to sink deep within our soul, what's the effect? Well, we want bigger titles, more honor. We want that rush all the time. Now, what does Jesus say? The greatest among you must be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. What's he really telling us? Don't be addicted to those silly things of this world. All that does is get us locked in on ourself and our ego. And so, Jesus today is teaching us, I would say warning the apostles and us, a number of things about religion. First, don't use religion as a weapon to prove you're morally superior to someone else. Instead, do just the opposite. Focus on the needs of others. Help them in the spiritual and moral life. Help them bear their burden. Don't use religion to draw attention to yourself. Don't be obsessed with titles or honor. Serving God has nothing to do about titles. Rather, as Jesus said, be a humble servant of God. See, then you're acting as an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.